Welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. This is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli, and I've got a word that is really in season right now. It's the five ways to reconcile a relationship. You know, you've probably been taught by your family how to wreck a relationship and cause a bunch of drama, but isn't it ironic that you never learned in school or really anywhere else in life how to reconcile and save a relationship? God's word makes it so clear. So lock in. I believe this is going to equip you and change your life forever as we take a deep dive into scripture. And then on the other side of this sermon, I have a special message just for you. I'll see you there. Hey, V1 Church, how's it going? This is Pastor Mike. Welcome to service today. I'm going to be teaching you the five steps to restore a relationship and resolve conflict. Yeah, that's right. You just walked into a booby trap. The Lord just set you up. I know that you're like, you're going to talk about what today? Yeah, uh, I think that God has seen the way you've been posting. God has seen some of the unresolved conflict in your life right now. And I want to teach you what He says about how to resolve conflict and restore relationship. And we're getting ready to pray here in a second to kick this off. But before we do that, I don't know where you're watching right now. Maybe it's a phone, a tablet, television, whatever. But I want to see the the environments that you're worshiping in. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom, and then all these things will be added unto you. And we believe that your decision to have church at home, to show up today on this live stream, means that the rest of your week is different because you chose this holy, sacred path have to say, you know what? I've got to put God first, first in my finances. I got to put God first in even my week. And so because I did this on Sunday, everything is different on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so I want to see the environments that you're worshiping in. I'm getting ready to teach you the five ways to restore a relationship. But before I do that, I I want you to take a picture of the television this is streaming to, or maybe screenshot or whatever. And then later on, maybe after service, is over, um, tag us, V1 Church, Mike Signorelli on Instagram, in your stories and a post, whatever, um, because I'm really curious to see all the different places that have transformed into 1,000 V1 locations. So here's the thing, you're, you're probably thinking right now, Pastor Mike, the five ways to restore a relationship, you know, the five ways to actually reconcile, the five ways to um, kind of like find a way to break through the conflict. Um, man, this is needed more now than ever. It, it is. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now under the sound of my voice as it's filling homes around the world that there would be an atmospheric shift. Lord, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would be released. There are those who are in conflict with their mother, those who are in conflict with their father, those who are in conflict with coworkers and brothers and sisters and cousins and even other church members. And God, we need this message in this hour like never before. So speak your word, God. Train us. Give us your wisdom. And everybody shouted, come on, say it together. Amen. Amen. Well, get ready to take notes. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 10. And when I was thinking about five ways to resolve conflict and restore relationships, I thought to myself, y'all probably went to a school that taught this, right? Um, you probably went to a school where they said, hey, let's teach you how to resolve conflict and restore relationships, right? Now, probably all of you are like me where you're thinking, I never learned like the really, really, really important stuff in school. We certainly didn't learn this. 
but you probably did live in a home where you learned how to generate conflict. And, and you probably live with people that thrived off of conflict. And that's why God's word is so important more now than ever. So get ready to write this down as we look at Proverbs chapter 10, because we're taking this journey 31 days through 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to just say this because I've been saying it. We are in a pivot. We are in the second half of the year. There's something supernatural and something so significant about this month, this hour. See, the, things have been bad, but, but do you know that God always debuts uh, a Joseph when there's a famine? Did you know that God always debuts a David when there's the taunts of a Goliath? I mean, if you're cursing a season that God's trying to put you on display during that season, you might miss your moment. Can I get an amen in the comment? Come on, this is going to help somebody. And so, yeah, there's a lot of conflict in our world militarily, a lot of conflict politically, but God's got a word from another world to enter into your world. Maybe you're in conflict with a family member, but God's going to equip you. So I want to give you the words of Jesus. Write this down. Number one, the number one thing that you've got to learn about how to resolve conflict is you go to them first. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Write that down. You go to them first. Well, Pastor Mike, where I'm from, I learned that when I have a problem with a person, I go to my friends about that problem, not to the person. Okay, but that's the world's way. I'm trying to tell you what Jesus said. Okay, I'm gonna read you a scripture in case you think I'm lying because today, if I offend you, just send all your emails to thebibleapp.com because I'm just gonna tell you what Jesus said, okay? So, but the world, but, but Pastor Mike, you understand, go to them first, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's so much easier for me to type it on a comment in social media because I have courage when I'm behind the screen, but I don't have any courage to say that stuff to them, to their face or over the phone. I mean, what do you mean go to them first, Pastor Mike? But, but the other thing too is my life's kind of boring, Pastor Mike. And, and to be honest with you, I love the drama. It's just, it's something to talk about. Like, what am I going to talk to my friends about if I don't talk about other people? <laughs> Come on. Come on, I'm coming for you today. I love you too much to leave you the same. And so does God. Number one, write it down. You go to them first. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Jesus is speaking about the Beatitudes. You know what he said? So if you are offering your gift at the altar and then you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before you go. Um, leave, you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Okay, so this message is gonna save you like thousands of dollars in therapy. You could just make your check out to V1 Church and say, I'm, I'm serious, like, listen, go to them first. The Bible says, if you're offering your offering, if you're going through the religious ceremony of like, man, look, look, God, look what I'm doing. Look how holy I am. I'm worshiping. I raised my hands during service today. He's like, that's great. But while you had your hands raised, there was actually some unforgiveness in your heart against your brother. And, and it's holding you back. It's, it's holding you back. And so what it actually says is if you're in the motion of offering your offering, this is Jesus himself, and you have a problem, an issue with your brother, it says leave it there, okay? And then go restore it, then come back to it. 
It's like in the middle, I would actually be so happy to know that you had to shut this sermon down. Somebody know, hear me getting ready to preach and, and say, I had to literally pause the sermon and go reconcile a relationship, then come back to having church. Because people all the time are like, Pastor Mike, why does it seem like God hears your prayers? I'm trying to teach you that sacred way. It says that literally God wants us to be reconciled with each other. And as we're reconciled with each other, then he hears us. Okay, so let's go to number two. Number two is ask for wisdom from God. Write that down. Ask for wisdom from God. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 10, verse 11. This is so good. This is so good. Chapter, if this is so good, drop a comment and let me know. It says this, the mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well. Think about drinking fresh water from a well, but the mouth of the wicked is a cave of abuse. I'm going to keep reading verse 12. Follow along. Hatred starts fights, but love pulls a quilt over bickering. Think about that. Think about you bickering with someone and love just pulls a quilt over it and silences it. Okay, this is such beautiful language. Let me keep going. You'll find wisdom on the lips of a person of insight, but the short-sighted need a slap in the face. Don't you love the Bible? <laughs> Some of you watching are like, I can get down with this translation. The wise accumulate knowledge, a true treasure. Know-it-alls talk too much, a sheer waste. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom. Don't be a know-it-all. See, the biggest issue that we're facing right now is we have know-it-all culture. But Pastor Mike, I watched a documentary you haven't watched yet. You're ignorant and I have knowledge. Pastor Mike, I watched something on Netflix, YouTube. Pastor Mike, but I've seen it on social media and you didn't see it yet. It's like we live in that know-it-all culture. The problem is everybody thinks that they know it all. And when everybody thinks that they know it all, that's where you get conflict. It's what I know because I know it all versus what you know because you know it all and it puts us into conflict. But the wisdom of God, and this is number two because you have to ask for wisdom, says this. I'm going to read it again because it's so good. Hatred starts fights. See, it is possible I know that many of you have never heard this. You never had a spiritual father. You never had an earthly father to teach you how to resolve conflict. But see, it's possible to have an argument, but not a quarrel. See, a quarrel is when you're just arguing for argument's sake. Hatred starts fight, fights, but love pulls a quilt over bickering. See, I love having a healthy discussion, a healthy argument. As a matter of fact, I think the true hallmark of intellectualism is when you can change your mind. It's when you enter a discussion with a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding, and then as they share their point and you share yours, you learn something and you change. And you say, I used to believe and think this way, but now I believe and think that way. But see, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that hatred starts fights. And what happens is we're trying to tell people we love God, but we hate our brother. And the way that I know it's hatred is because virtually zero social media discussions end in a changed mind, but they almost always end in a changed relationship. What do you mean by changed? Well, we used to be in unity and now we're out of unity. What changed? 
the discussion was actually fueled by hate and not by love because we know that love, according to wisdom, the book of Proverbs, love will actually pull a quilt over quarreling. In other words, what does a quilt do? It's, it's comfort. It's actually, it's, things are quieter under a quilt. It begins to diminish the volume. See, when you really want to resolve something, when you really want to be in right standing, it'll lower the volume of the argument. It'll comfort you in the midst of it. It's possible to be in an argument, but not be in a quarrel. Arguments are okay. Arguments is how you get your perspective and their perspective on the table. But see, when all you have is changed relationships and not changed minds, that's a good indicator that you're not resolving conflict, you're starting it. Whew, man, some of you are already like, Pastor Mike, this is already my favorite sermon. Super uh, convicted. I think I need to repent. Okay, wait, we'll get there. (laughs) Number three, write this down. Own your ugly. When you sit down, so let me kind of take it in order. So first you go to them. You don't wait for them to come to you, you come to them. Then secondly, you ask for wisdom because God says wisdom is a gift. You can receive it, it can't be earned. It comes from heaven, it's the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. And then after you've done that, own your ugly. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 13, I'm gonna read this to you. It says, you'll find wisdom on the lips of a person of insight. So a person of insight but the short-sighted need a slap in the face. Here's what it's saying. When you're short-sighted, it just simply means, and a slap in the face is kind of a euphemism to say a wake-up call. It's like, hey, open your eyes. Have you ever had somebody tell you, open your eyes, but they're already open? That what they're saying is, your eyes are open, but you're not seeing it. Oftentimes, when we are engaged in a conflict with someone, you are not seeing their perspective or trying to understand what they're saying. Right now, what we're dealing with, and this is the heart of God for his people, is we are dealing with a situation where people are speaking to build an audience, not speaking to build a bridge. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Right, you can tweet me. Right now, too many people are speaking to build an audience instead of speaking to build a bridge. See, we're not trying to actually take the heart posture of what are they trying to say that I don't understand, not how can I be right. And so when you own your ugly, when you sit down with a person, here's the way it sounds. Again, I feel like in this situation, I'm more of kind of like a spiritual father. I'm just trying to, because so few of you have actually ever even resolved a conflict with another human being. Really what you do is you either run or you fight them until they break down and quit fighting you back. But there has been no conflict resolution. And so when you own your ugly, this is what it might sound like. Hey, I came to you first. I prayed to God for wisdom about how to talk to you about this. And I just wanna say, I may have done or said something in this whole exchange that wasn't right. I may have rolled my eyes and not realized it. I still got that thing to deal with in me. I'm, you know, I'm gonna own my ugly. Like before I call you out on your stuff and what I think is wrong, I'm gonna own my part in all of this. Like in what way have I delivered information improperly? In 
what way have I, or maybe there has been a bit of self-righteousness where I'm so convinced I'm right that in pride I've lorded that over you. And instead of taking the posture of coming up and trying to help you see and understand, I've kind of gotten over you and tried to push you down and tried to, you, you get what I'm saying? Do you see the difference in the heart posture? Own your ugly. That's Proverbs chapter 10, verse 13. Actually, I heard somebody say this. In every relationship, there is a skunk and there's a turtle. And the turtle, what they do when there's conflict is they retract and they hide from it. And then the skunk, once they're in conflict, everybody knows. I mean, they stink up the whole place letting everybody know their opinion, what they think about it, how they feel about it. And you may be either one of them. I I will say this in marriage, oftentimes a skunk marries a turtle. And so if you're questioning like, which one am I? Um, Just think about who you married (laughs) because that'll kind of reveal. But the thing is, when as we're going through through all this stuff, there's people who are like, I'm taking a social media break. And they're taking a social media break because they're having the turtle response. But then the skunk response is like, I'm gonna share, retweet, and go buck wild crazy, and I'm gonna post encyclopedias worth of content on the internet until everybody's mind is changed. And then what you find is that you don't have any changed minds, just a whole bunch of changed relationships. And then you've gotta keep picking up the broken pieces. Did you know that Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. See, oftentimes people want in these situations politically, in these situations that we're, that we're experiencing in the world right now, people want us to become a skunk or they want us to become a turtle. They don't want us to say anything at all or they want us to say a whole bunch of stuff and stink the place up with our opinion. But see, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. And so what you must do is own your ugly. That's number three. Number four is this. Are you guys getting something out of this, by the way? Is this helping you? I need to know. Okay, so let's keep going. Number four, solve the problem. Actually solve the problem. Let me explain. This is Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Let me read it. Liars secretly hoard hatred. Fools openly slander. The more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words. The speech of a good person is worth waiting for, and the blabber of the wicked is worthless. The talk of a good person is rich and fair for many, but chatterboxes die of an empty heart. What does this mean? It just means that oftentimes the conversation is not about what the conversation is really about. And there's this form of lying when we're in conflict. How do I know that? Because I'm married. And I cannot tell you how many times my wife has actually had a whole full-on argument with me or I've had an argument with her before I got an hour deep into that argument and realized this isn't about the garbage, is it? It's actually about the fact that, Julie, you're stressed. You feel burdened by all the things that are going on in our home and you just need a little break. And then I say, wait a second, there's been a measure of lying. We made it all about the garbage, but it was actually about the stress in your life. And so to be a person that speaks the truth is to be a person that deals with the problem. And so according to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18, it just says the wise measure their words and say, I'm going to speak truth into this situation. And then it's going to solve the, let me give you an example right now. 
A, a lot of people think that they're having political conversations. A lot of people think that they're dealing, but what they're actually missing is the humanity of the person they're arguing with. Because oftentimes we see, we see actual the news through the lens of our own experiences. So what we're really advocating is for ourselves. And so what happens is when you oppose someone's politics, what you fail to realize is that most people don't master politics. Most people couldn't even tell you the Constitution. Most people can't tell you all the amendments. Most people can't quote you the laws. But what they can tell you is how that news was a reflection of how they see their own experience. And so what you're really fighting isn't a policy. What you're really fighting is not a politician. What you're really fighting is a person that you know by name. This is wisdom. And that's why there's so much conflict right now because you're not getting to the heart of the issue. You're speaking on the surface level and you're building up an argument based on lies. But if you measured your words and spoke truth into the situation, you could be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, a peacemaker. See, if you wait, there's so much wisdom in this word. I know God's doing something. If you wait for that person to come to you, then you could be called a peacekeeper. But God didn't say that. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. So to go out and to make peace is to say, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. I want to treat you like your political party that's not the one I'm in. I want to treat you like the thing that, you, the banner that you fly over your social media account. I, I, I so, but, I, but I'm not going to fight violence with violence. I'm going to fight dishonor with honor. And more specifically, I'm going to actually stop speaking on a political level and I'm going to start speaking on a personal level. I want you to know that you're known. I want you to know you're valued. I want you to know. See, right now, even within marriages, you know what's worse than being single? Being in a marriage where you don't have emotional intimacy. Whew. And see, this, this thing, the world doesn't know how to do this. This message is so right on time. The world doesn't know how to resolve conflict. Okay, so own your ugly, resolve the problem. Number five, this is, this is the last thing. Focus on reconciliation, not just resolution. I'm going to say it again while you're writing it down. Focus on reconciliation, not just resolution. You know why? Because there's some things that can't be resolved. I said it. There's some things that cannot be resolved. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? That's not fair. I, you don't understand, Pastor Mike. Like, no, li listen, listen. There are ideologies that create tensions in our life. One person believes one thing, one person believes another. You cannot be persuasive enough to convince the whole world to join your side. Jesus himself had enemies. So you cannot always get resolution, but you can always have reconciliation. And if you focus on that and say, you know what? This is the wise words of one of my marriage counselors. Choose to lose. <gasps> Choose to lose. What do you mean? Jesus was far more concerned with reconciling you to the Father than he was just showing up and making everybody feel stupid. Showing up and making everybody feel like he was right. It wasn't about, come on, do you hear me? It wasn't about coming in and lording his opinion over the world. Jesus actually said, you know what? I love you so much. I'm gonna lay my life down and then reconcile you to the Father. 
Focus on reconciliation. Let me read something to you. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says this, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. And then it says at the end, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Do you want to open up the heavens over your home? Do you want the blessing of God in your life like never before? I can tell you how to get that. You want me to tell you? It's very simple. Reconcile your relationships. It's very simple. Leave the altar and all of your religious experiences and reconcile a relationship. Make it right. And then after you make it right, the Lord will hear your prayers in a way. You, I'm t- it literally says that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, so that your prayers may not be hindered. There are behaviors when we are in conflict that hinder our prayers. The Bible doesn't say, blessed are the Republicans, blessed are the Democrats, blessed are the liberals. It said, blessed are the peacemakers. I want to be blessed. And the way that you get the blessed of the Lord is to do it His way. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't have opinions. It just means you must have a heart for reconciliation in the midst of your opinions because Proverbs teaches us that hatred starts arguments, but love is like pulling a quilt over quarreling. And so it's time as a church that we pull the quilt over the world and we say, let me show you how to resolve conflict because you've never been taught. You've been taught to create it. You've been taught to make it grow and make it larger. But you, I'm telling you, I want to talk to you kind of on a pastor level right now. We're going to pray this out. Do you know that, and we live in a world where the, the anxiety levels of the world are increasing. And as I was preparing to teach you these five ways to resolve conflict, you know what I felt? I actually felt that part of it is we experience conflict on a daily basis. No matter how good or bad you try to live your life, it's just there, it's there. Jesus was perfect and experienced conflict all around him. But when you don't have these five tools that I tried to give you today, and I hope you got this, watch this on repeat, get this in your spirit. Did you know that you can enter in to every single day saying, you know what? I expect conflict because I live in a broken world. But the Lord has given me five steps in his scriptures and he wrote them down so I could learn them so that I can I can actually move through this season with wisdom and I don't have to be in anxiety. Do you know that sometimes some of the anxiety and the fear that we have in our heart is from unresolved conflict? It's painful to your body to be in unresolved conflict. And the only person that you're hurting is yourself. And we're taking the bait of Satan and we're changing relationships even though none of our efforts have ever changed minds. And so right now, let's start with changing us. And then I want you guys to do this. And I want V1 Church to do this. I want you to go through these five steps with each other. I want you to go through these five steps with your husbands, with your wives, with other people in the church, with your family members. I want you to end this and make a whole, I want you to leave your gift at the altar, just like Jesus said, and reconcile now and then come back to it, okay? So let's pray. Everybody join with me. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person watching live right now, Lord, that they would go and they would actually reconcile a relationship even if they don't get a resolution, but they can have reconciliation 
creation. And God, we are going to learn as a church and as a people that say, I don't just bear the name of Christ, but I walk in his commands. And I am blessed because I learn how to leave the altar to reconcile a relationship. And then when I come back, God, I thank you right now that the heavens are going to be open over our homes and reconcile relationships are going to release your blessing upon our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey everyone, thanks so much for sticking around to listen. You know, what we've been experiencing is simply miraculous. People from around the world are joining V1 Church. We've actually created Facebook groups by region just to accommodate all of the community that's being built. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling a little disconnected, I just need you to know that the door is open for relationship. Go ahead and visit our website, www.v1.church. Click on groups and sign up for a connect group where you can Zoom and meet with people all around the world in your stage of life. We have groups for people that are married, that want to meet other married couples to talk about the issues of marriage. We, we have groups of young people that meet together. I mean, no matter what stage of life you're in, retired and inspired, we have a group for you. So I'll see you next week on the podcast, and I cannot wait to continue this series on the book of Proverbs. See you next week.